welcome to Credits Due. Uh, I am Ben Cron. Joining me, as always, is Tyler Owen. You can never have too many Allen wrenches. And Neil Potter. I disagree wholeheartedly. You can have too many Allen wrenches. That's it. I just keep a couple on every bedside table, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, what do these go to? It's an Allen wrench. It might go to something in this room. They're all over the damn house. <laughs> uh, you also always get one. Like, when you buy, like, the that, like, easy setup furniture, you know? Mm-hmm. You always yeah. get, like, one. I think it's great. And you're not going to throw it away, right? <laughs> no. That's the problem. You're not going to throw it away. God. <laughs> Wild. Um, well, <laughs> welcome to the show, everyone. We got an extra well, credits episode uh, for you. <laughs> welcome, Tyler. Um, we have an extra credits episode for you. Uh, we're just going to talk about some shit. Just hang out, chat. And um, I want to start off with some big news. Um, some... Some sad news, really. Uh, this is going to be the final episode of Credits Due. Um, it's been quite a quite a run. Um, I think we've done it for like four years. Is that right? Almost. Um, it's yeah. almost. sickening to think like that. Oh, my I God. Know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this past year has felt like, like four years um, in and of itself. So... Scarlett yeah. Johansson was a long year too. <laughs> <laughs> that too yeah. Um, but I mean the the good news though the silver lining is um, all for the foreseeable future all of the episodes will remain online. So if you missed an episode or God forbid you want to re-listen to an episode, um, <laughs> it's gonna. It's, I'm going to leave it up um, forever. So um, that's uh, we have quite a lot of episodes that I think we should be proud of. So I would um, agree. I, I plan to show my grandkids these someday. Whoa. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Who knows? I don't know. Do you like do you have you ever Googled your like uncle? Just like a name of your relative. I'm afraid to now that you say that. (laughs) I I wonder if my like nieces and nephews one day will just Google me and just find this podcast and be like, this is weird. (laughs) (laughs) Never and never listen to it. Yeah. Did you know that that Uncle Ben used to be on a podcast? (laughs) Yeah, everybody back then was on a podcast. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, so, uh, let's get into, let's, uh, get into our very casual discussion. Uh, Tyler, you have trivia prepared for us. I sure do. Wait a minute. Guys, guys, I couldn't let our final episode go without doing some trivia. And I was trying to figure out what the heck am I going to do trivia about? Well, I'm going to do trivia about our show. Wow. So you guys are going to have to. Think back to our vast catalog of films that we have reviewed on this podcast, and uh, try to try to come up with some uh, some uh, guesses as to like the oldest film or the longest running film or the highest uh-huh. rated film in uh, our okay. in our uh, back catalog that we've we've uh, reviewed. So uh, you know what? I'll just I'm just gonna go ahead and say I never watched a single one. I just Wikipedia. <laughs> Every single one. So, man, this is going to be tough. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I actually Amazoned a copy of the Cliff Notes for each one and had it shipped to me and read it. Wow. Um, <laughs> Honestly, guys, it sounds like it'd just be easier to watch the movie. <laughs> you would think that, yeah. Um, yeah, so let's start off. Uh, can it, Can you guys guess what the oldest film is that we watched for the show? This one probably isn't oh too hard God. to guess. Um, well, it has to be a Harrison Ford movie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so Star <laughs> Wars, it, then. Yeah, right? Star Wars, yep. Yeah, That's Star right. Wars, 1977. Yeah. The next oldest film 
is still Harrison Ford, Raiders of the Lost Ark 1981, and then also Blade Runner, and then Witness, and it isn't (laughs) until uh, 1989 that we get our uh, next other uh, person from our podcast. Can you remember who that is? 1989, Uh, who would it have been? Will Smith, maybe? No. I'm going to say it's Anton Yelchin, that uh, Stephen (laughs) King one. (laughs) No, not quite. Okay. (laughs) Um, Who else did we do? (laughs) Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Ah, 1989. Oh, really? Wow. Okay, okay. Yes, yes. Neil wasn't with us for that review. He didn't come in until nearly the second season. Our very first episode. Yes. Um, can you guys guess the total runtime of all six, 77 films that we God have watched? It. Oh my God. No, Jesus um, Christ. Well, on average, hours? you'd probably think like what? Two hours a movie. Yeah. So you 77 times two, come, whatever that is. <laughs> I'm going to say 180 hours. All right, Ben. Uh, I'll, I'll just say uh, 246. Holy shit. No, 149. <laughs> 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 I think you might have tripled oh, it there, Ben. <laughs> yeah. I feel every mess. It's almost I exactly took. 150. I, I was going to. I actually love that you're like, so the math is two, 77 times two. So I'll go <laughs> way higher than that number actually is. <laughs> uh, shit. Yeah, uh, 149 hours, 8,938 8, minutes. Um, Jesus Christ. Can you, can you guess off the top of your head the film that had the longest runtime? I'll give you oh. a hint. It was a Julianne Moore film. The hours. <laughs> no. <laughs> Good guess, though. <laughs> uh, it was a oh. Julian Moore film. Yes. Longest uh, runtime. So that means yep. it was longer than Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Um, Holy shit. What by a good 22, 24 minutes. Oh, boy. Um, give me another guess. What's the... Directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. Oh, um, of course. Whatever uh, that movie was called, The Frogs. <laughs> yes, that's the one. Magnolia. 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 Wow. Right. Yeah. Yep. How long was Magnolia? Magnolia was 188 minutes. Jesus. Oh boy. I'm gonna say I did watch that in two days too. Yeah, I think I did I as had. well. Yeah. Mm. Um. All right. What these were? All these stats were pulled from IMDb. So keep in mind this is IMDb ratings. Which of these, of all the films we watched, has the highest IMDb user rating? Oh, oh, user rating. That's, uh, that's, here's the tricky part. Yes. Bad boys. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of wish that were true. Oh, wow. A list uh, of all of, I'm going to say Star Wars. Oh, wow. Yeah, you you know, you would think that. Yeah. It's too much but hate. not quite. Edged out. It, it is only edged out by 0.1 points. Okay, that was close. Star Wars had a 8.6 user rating. This movie has an 8.7 user rating. Hmm, okay. Holy cow. Um, the ma- oh, Matrix? Uh, yes, nice job. Oh, the Matrix. Oh, wow. The Matrix has an 8.7 on IMDb, beating out all other films on our list. Wow. The Never would have guessed that either. The closest other one was Star Wars, and the next closest after that is Raiders of the Lost Ark. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of Harrison Ford love there. What do you think is the worst rated film on IMDb? <laughs> Uh, it can't be, it'd be too easy if it was, um, uh, the Will Smith. Bad (laughs) boys. Um, no, what was the Will Smith, uh, orc film? Oh, Um, right. Right. 
Oh, I don't know if you know IMDb users very well, because oh right, <laughs> that's that's probably the fourth highest. <laughs> what was uh, what was oh the one with fucking is it nine months the Hugh Grant no, one? Um, ah. but it is a Julianne Moore film. Oh man, nine months has a five point five. This film has a four point six. Oh my Ooh. god. And it's probably um, you're probably not gonna guess it. Um I will say no. it's a remake. Do you remember uh, which film Carrie? this was? Nope. It's a remake. God, yes. I can't even remember. I the know, films. right? A I have shot to pull for a- shot remake. Oh, psycho. Psycho. Of course. Yes. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. 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 Four point six. Uh, some other notable low-scoring films. The next lowest is Wild Wild West. <laughs> and Too low. The yeah, next yeah. after that is, it looks like, The Day the Earth Stood Still by, with Keanu Reeves. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, not a, a lot of love mm-hmm. for the remakes because uh, Wild Wild West was also based on a television property, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, Day the Earth Stood Still, Wild Wild West, and Psycho all had the lowest scores. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, I think that pretty much wraps it up. We've gotten we've gone through a lot of movies, guys. <laughs> Seventy seven <laughs> movies. I'll say. Yeah. That uh, is gonna, an impressive amount of films. Uh, since Tyler did trivia, I'll do some box office for us. Um, our show made no money at the theaters. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I forgot to tell you guys uh, the, the other trivia I had was how many people have wa- listened to our podcast and then those are trick question zero. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Uh, all right. Um, so speaking of low rated movies, um, uh, I so one of the things that I've noticed um uh, one of the things that I've kind of noticed about doing this podcast is I think I've kind of found the joy of rewatching movies and watching like old movies that I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. And not necessarily like I love rewatching movies, but it kind of has to be like a really good movie for me to like like revisit it a lot. Um, but in the past like few months, I've been watching a lot of movies, just either, um, movies I've seen before and just kind of want to revisit or new movies that I have never seen before. Um, one of those was a movie that, uh, well, also, preface this conversation as also um, kind of guilty pleasures. And I think guilty pleasure as a term has gone a um, kind of bad rap, I guess. Uh, But because I think a lot of people have like, they kind of say that there's no such thing as a guilty pleasure because like, in the sense of you shouldn't feel bad for liking something. Mm -hmm. And I completely agree agree with that, but I think a guilty pleasure truly is something that you know is terrible, but you love it anyways. Sure. Um, So the idea is a triple chocolate cake, you know, you should not eat, you should not eat that slice of cake, but you're going to because it's yeah. fucking good. Yeah. You're going to regret it in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Who gives a shit? <laughs> not uh, us. So with that saying, I rewatched a movie that I've seen several times. It's been quite a long time, but it just got added to Disney Plus, And I took that opportunity to rewatch it. And that is, of course... Uh, the movie National Treasure. Ah, yes. Starring nice. <laughs> starring one Nicolas Cage. Um, this is a movie that, on paper, should not work. Almost nothing in this movie 
should work. But <laughs> but but it all does. It's such yeah. a fun movie. <laughs> I wholeheartedly agree with that yeah. statement. <laughs> it is fun. Uh, you know, we've t- in when we talked about Harrison Ford, we talked about how good he was, at, uh, how good he is as like playing a scientist, mm-hmm. and how he can just seem really smart. Um, I would say that this movie is the exception that proves the rule where the last person you think of to be a scientist is Nicolas Cage (laughs) 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 and him being a just historian in this movie is so just mind boggling on like why anyone would ever cast him but (laughs) (laughs) it's so fun he he delivers every line in just this like charming and charismatic way and it's just really fun to watch him um in this role uh it is uh just complete propaganda for like <laughs> for America um, <laughs> in kind of the most unnecessary way is yeah. it, it is about how cool our our the founding fathers are like yeah 90% of this movie is people talking about how awesome the founding fathers are. Yeah. But, it, it's to the point where there's like people in the background at some points that are like, <laughs> have a broom sweeping away slavery, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, but yeah. It's, but everything they're talking about is all fictitious. Yeah. Like it's, or, or bending some sort of truth, you know? Yeah. It's romanticizing it. Yeah. Yeah. Romanticizing it. But uh, but yeah, it's so. And then the, the my favorite part of the movie is the FBI. <laughs> the FBI uh, is chasing. You know, it's kind of a it's a, a cat, cat and mouse chase, right? Because Nicolas Cage and his group of friends are chasing down Sean Bean, uh, who <laughs> Sean Bean is the villain. As just this rich villain who wants to, you know, take this treasure for himself. That's maybe the only thing that makes sense in this movie. (laughs) Uh, But so Nicolas Cage is chasing him and the FBI is chasing Nicolas Cage. But the FBI is totally just this non-entity. Like when they finally catch him, um, uh, who is it? Uh, Harvey Keitel, who is amazing in this movie, he's just so chill. He's like, he's like, hey, you're gonna you're gonna find the treasure, man. Yeah, go for it. Like, just go for it. We're not gonna we're not going to uh, arrest you or anything. Like, don't worry about it. And it's just so funny that like it's like this FBI is not remotely close to anything in reality. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man, those movies are like I, I don't know. Have you rewatched the uh, the sequel at all? I don't think I've ever seen the sequel. The sequel is pretty good too, just because it like kind of doubles down on the Nicolas Cage crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there, there's something just like kind of inherently appealing about this crazed Nicolas Cage, uh, like as a historian. I, I would love to see I, if I had like a billion dollars one of the things i would do is i would hire I, I would buy the rights to national treasure i would buy the rights to the robert langdon novels and i would create a crossover where oh tom hanks God. and <laughs> nicholas cage solve a history crime together <laughs> oh my god a history crime <laughs> That's yeah, man. you could totally get nick cage on board with that too for no money like yeah, you would just do it Dude, tom just, hanks you could probably get Tom Hanks on board for that for real yeah. money. It just sounds it just sounds like the perfect level of absurd, like a crossover between those two franchises. Oh, that's like, like my dream. I like the idea. Your pitch is basically the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yes. But but like shitty history 
detectives. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I see it as like Nicolas Cage being the American historian and Robert Langdon is the like international historian who thinks he's mm. just a putz, you know? Oh <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my god, that's amazing. I'm gonna delete this part of the episode and we're we're gonna actually pitch this. Yes. <laughs> Well, those uh, movies feel to me like I actually just looked up the date of their their release dates. They're about like two years apart, but like I um, would almost get stuff in those music movies mixed up because they're almost exactly the same oh, in yeah. ridiculousness. Yeah, they same follow <laughs> the same formula. It's just like oh, you're talking about the Da Vinci Code. Da Vinci and, Code. Yeah, <laughs> man. Do you guys remember? So I've seen the movie. I did not read the books. Um. Do you remember when that movie came out and like oh, how yeah. up in arms everyone was about? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And the way people talked about it was like that it was almost like that the book was almost like this like biography, right? Yeah. And yeah. then yeah. I went I went to see the movie and it's this this like Tom Hanks mystery romp. And after after. I saw the movie with a friend who had read the book and loved the book. And after the movie, I was like, I was like, how different was that from the book? And he was like, no, nah, it was pretty close. And I'm like, I'm like, really? The whole mystery thing? He's like, yeah, yeah. That's basically the book. And I was like, yeah. okay. All right, yeah. people. And people thought that was real? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. God, I don't know. I remember liking those books too, but I was also in high school. So, you know. Mm. I th- I mean I think they're very popular. I mean oh, I have yeah, no opinion on them, but and I I still haven't read the most recent one, but I actually still plan to just because they're they're like the dumbest page turner fun books, you know. <laughs> so yeah, cool. it, and actually, it's you know what it's funny. I would actually compare it in many ways to my uh, love of the Assassin's Creed games. Like mm. those yeah. games are not usually that good. But they're a great excuse to experience parts of history, you know, like Mm -hmm. you kind of learn about things by osmosis. And then you like later on, you just like Wikipedia the shit out of everything and learn about cool stuff. Um, But yeah, those are really fun. And and National Treasure is kind of the same way, right? Like there's some stuff in there that's real and you end up just having this fascination with history for about an hour and a half. Mm (laughs) <laughs> um uh what about you do you guys have a, a guilty pleasure movie i do yeah um i actually haven't watched it in a few years now but i plan to rewatch it um do you guys remember the movie immortals <laughs> i do did not that come out around 300 or something like that uh it was i think it was in the like pantheon of film of films that were heavily inspired by 300 um, so this was the 2011, uh, fantasy action film, uh, directed by Tarsim Singh and it stars a young, younger Henry Cavill, uh, playing Theseus, a mortal man chosen by Zeus to lead the fight against the ruthless, King Hyperion. Uh, and, uh, it's. It's real fun. I I really have a good time with this movie, and I not I'm not really sure why. I think the plot is practically like non-existent. Um, it's just about a dude who like ba- turn. It, it's very much a real uh, Greek um, story, like a, a Greek pantheon story. So. None of it really makes sense. It's mostly just gods coming down to earth and fucking with people and like giving people incredible power for no good reason. Like, no, there's no real like moral story here. It's just cool fights and shit. And like, you might remember some of the like most memorable scenes from it are just like this weird. Like the the weird finale is these um, titans escaping from a weird cube thing that King Hyperion is re- trying to release, and they're just these like they're kind of statue looking gold dudes, but the way they move is just so cool. Like they move 
in like bursts of speed and then they like go into slow motion. It's kind of like the stuff in 300, but instead of it's not ramp motion where like ramp motion in 300 is where everything slows down, right? Like they're, they're just going into slow-mo mode and everyone mm-hmm. on screen is in slow motion. And this it's like the, there are some characters who can move like super fast for bursts of speed and then like go back to normal speed. And it's just so bizarre to look at. And the choreography of it is so cool. And it's like hyper violent, like almost every, time they punch somebody it's straight in the face and their face just explodes (laughs) and it's like it's so dumb but it's just fun to watch because it's they put they dumped so much money into this like glorious effects and nonsense it's just it's so i don't know just it is such a guilty pleasure right like there's there's no other really other reason to really watch it I, i can't um I can't really recommend it to most people just because they they either have heard about how bad it is. It has like a, I think it has like a thirty four or something on Rotten Tomatoes. Like it it got terrible reviews, but man, I just there are some images in that film that are just really stuck in my brain. I I don't know. Do you get does that ring any bells? You guys remember anything about that? Okay, I know. I was just looking into it. And I know why I didn't see it because Clash of the Titans came out before it. And that movie sucks so much ass. I'm like, I don't want to see any more Greek shit. Oh, dude, this was <laughs> this way was better, too- way better than uh, Clash of the Titans. Yeah, you, you should definitely check it out if you haven't seen it. Um, okay, so, okay. Uh, some other Mickey Rourke is in it. He plays King Hyperion, which is fucking stupid Whoa. as hell, but it's really he actually is pretty great in it. Um, there's a part where. They um, they like try to kind of contextualize real Greek myths, and so like there's a part where they use a uh, um, a bronze bull as a torture device, where they like have women chained up inside of it who they thought were like witches or something and they put it over top of a fire and they have their mouths like Jesus like their mouths like on a horn that comes out the bull's mouth so it makes these terrifying sounds as they're like groaning being burned alive I know that sounds like terrible but it's just the imagery in it is super weird and just kind of awesome for how like few people remember this movie. Oh, wow. Um, how's uh, Henry Cavill? I mean, Henry Cavill's he, awesome. Yeah, it, yeah. You can see this is like for sure the shit that was in his like audition reel for Superman. Like mm-hmm. he's playing a Greek God basically. And it's, it's pretty rad. Oh, that is pretty cool. I want to, ch- I'm going to check it out. If you say it's not as bad as Clash of the Titans, I'll check it out. Oh, dude, <laughs> another thing. So, uh, 100% I bet you this movie was an inspiration for the um, well I mean I guess there were movies before it that did something similar but uh, there is a hallway scene in this movie that is mm. very reminiscent of shit like um, the hallway fights in the um, uh, Daredevil, Daredevil television show like, mm, um, okay. yeah there, it's just they, they do some cool shit you should ch- definitely check it out if you haven't seen it okay I'll do it for you. All right. <laughs> uh, so my the the so there I have a bunch of movies that I watch at least once a year. So like Lord of the Rings, RoboCop, and Saving Private Ryan, I watch every year. Now Hell these yeah. those are the good ones. Yeah. Those are the good the, ones. The three pillars of cinema. Exactly. <laughs> that's, what those are. that's what I'll say. Yeah. Exactly. However. Movies that are bad that I also really love uh, are Mortal Kombat. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I'm just going to touch on that one. So (laughs) it's bad. It's really bad. And (laughs) but like in a weird 1995 endearing kind of way. Now, like the, the, the thing is, it opens up with that badass Mortal Kombat theme that they made for the movie. And it gets me so pumped. And like just that one scream of Mortal Kombat at the beginning of the movie 
carries me through the rest of it. <laughs> because the rest of the movie wouldn't. Because it's stupid as shit. But I'm, I'm not even going to touch on the, the Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Now, that movie is actually just bad, and I hate watching it. And I probably won't ever watch it again. Are you a fan of the video games? Yeah. Like, the current video game storylines are incredible. Mm. Um, now, as far as, like the like earlier ones i wasn't ever good enough at them but once they started introducing like storylines that were like played out in just a different way for a fighting game that's like when i started liking them when they like rebooted the series in like 2009 or something like that for playstation 3 that's when i started getting back into it again <clears throat> but yeah the movie just rips total it's just like uh, based off the first game and has like elements of the second game in it. But I mean, obviously adapting a 2D fighter into a full fleshed out world <laughs> uh, doesn't quite work so well. And like it's not all uh, put together. Now, what's funny is so much of the budget was eaten up by the Goro costume that like nothing else could get done. And like, oh, I'm, wow. not e I'm not even kidding about it. Goro like, the is the, the forearmed dude. Yeah. He's the yep. forearmed dude. And that prosthetic suit <laughs> for the time. And it literally being like a guy sitting on another guy's shoulders oh, is no. pretty damn good. I'm not yeah. like for being all like, prosthetic no cg it's not bad aren't now, there some sequences where it's actually like claymation yes now there yeah there are shots where it's like f maybe like really far back or something like that i don't uh, i don't know but there may be a scene or two that are partially i know in the game he's fully claymation yeah <laughs> but yeah there might be some claymation assistance in the other ones because he's supposed to be like the biggest, most fearsome fighter in the whole movie. But like the first time you, he's supposed to be wiping the floor with a bunch of people, but it doesn't show him fighting. It just shows the opponents being thrown to the ground. And then when he actually fights Johnny Cage and you get to see it, like it's like a, it's like a guy standing on another guy's shoulders trying to fight another guy. It looks exactly <laughs> like you'd expect it to look really bad. Like he's just like yeah. swinging under him. He's like, oh, oh no. Um, oh my god! Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm watching. There's a reason of it right now. There's a reason <laughs> yeah. why you only see uh, you only see the shark in Jaws uh, until like the last thirty <laughs> minutes of the movie. Yeah, because yeah. a, yeah. a giant mechanical shark just. Uh, yeah, no, you, like they spent too much money. Too they spent too yeah. much money and they had to blow their load on this whole costume. <laughs> so they're like, we got to show it a lot because like a quarter of our budget's in here. Like we can't even pay our actors because we mm. got this fucking Goro costume. Oh my God, <laughs> but, this is fucking man, incredible, dude. <laughs> have, have, have either of you seen it? I It's been like I since have, I was a kid. I definitely have, but I, oh I couldn't God. remember anything dude. about it. Oh, uh, you got check it out again. You gotta. Oh, God. <laughs> and, uh, uh, it's so good. Uh, I I want to get to your your second movie because that <laughs> that's one that I really grapple with still to this day. Okay, okay. Well, okay. My second one that I I'm gonna throw in here then is Sam Raimi's <laughs> third installment of his Spider-Man trilogy. So this has got like Topher Grace Venom uh, and Sandman and all this shit in it. And it's like Bryce Dallas Howard Bryce as uh, Dallas Gwen Stacy. Exactly. And like there were so many. This was like one of the first movies that I remember being like studio interference really screwed the pooch on this one kind of a thing because Sony Oh, we all know how Sony is now, but like they were back like they were like this back when Spider-Man 3 was getting made. They were like adamant Venom be in the movie and they were like, it's not happening if Venom's not in it. And like so they had to like shoehorn him in and then Sam Raimi was all like, ah, fuck it then. I'm just gonna make this as hog shit stupid as I possibly can. And it okay, it's bad, but it is so fucking funny and entertaining, in my opinion, that it's worth going back to. If you're watching Spider-Man 1 and 2, which I, I will say are pretty darn good, and Spider-Man 2 being actually one of my favorite superhero movies. I just I just rewatched the first Spider-Man, and that movie is so good. Yeah. And it yeah. has um, 
who's the villain in it? Uh, who's the actor? Willem Dafoe. Yeah, yeah. Willem Dafoe is he can play the perfect amount of menacing and campiness. Yeah, um, yeah. all together. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was honestly the the biggest strength of that series of films. Like mm-hmm. they all of them had that like undertone of yeah, we're, you know, a wink and a nod, right? Like there we yeah. know this is ridiculous, but it's still so much fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Alfred Molina knocked it out of the park as Doc Ock. Oh, yeah. I like great casting. And then <laughs> he had his shirt off for that entire movie. That's yeah, fucking wild. He sure, did. he sure did. Oh my god. Is but then you know, gets the Spider-Man 3 and like Topher Grace, not the guy I would have picked for Venom. Uh the, but what the redeeming quality in that is Sandman in that movie, and I I can't remember who plays uh, uh, Thomas Hayden Thomas Church. Hayden Church. Yes. Yeah. That is actually legitimately an amazing part of that movie. Like if it was just him, that would be just probably an awesome way to round out that trilogy. But like they had to throw in all this garbage and have like another green goblin also in it again. It was just a mess. But man, when Peter Parker goes emo and like dances in the street, (laughs) holy shit. Like, the thing is, Sam Raimi knows. Is he dance, dancing to Bee Gees? Do I remember that right? No, it's not. It's it's some. I'm sure it's something that like Danny Elfman or something put together. I think it's oh, some okay. soundtrack quality like stuff. But like, yeah, it is. It's so it's so funny. Like I, you just have to take it for what it is at that point. Then <laughs> I th- I think knowing that it kind of just got screwed in the back end like makes it bearable to watch like if it was something that sam raimi had total control over then you'd be like ah what were you doing here because you did really good two times and then you dropped the ball but (laughs) man he dances dances to james brown's people get up and drive your funky soul (laughs) (laughs) amazing that's incredible (laughs) you know that dance when he's dancing in the street that gets a lot of you know bad rap but uh, the real sin of that movie is when he uh, goes on a date with Gwen Stacy and they like do an impromptu swing dance in that bar. Do you remember <laughs> yeah. that? Yep. That's, yeah. that's the that's where it crosses the line. No, yeah. dude, the, the genius of this of that whole sequence of evil Peter Parker or whatever. Uh, the genius of that is that it's it's literally a director like tanking the tone of a film just to spite his, the studio because like uh, he, yeah. he he knew that like that he knew that the audience is going to want like a, an on-screen depiction of venom needs to be fucking dark and scary and cr- like creepy looking and like the symbiote needs to fuck with peter and make him like dark and depressed and shit and instead of doing that they just made him a fucking dweeb. Like, <laughs> it, it's like the best, it's the best, like, yeah. subversion of expectations. And I think people are only starting to realize it now. Like, it took about 10 years to get over the butt hurt from that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, I don't know. I'm sure I've rewatched this movie. So, uh, I, I might just, it might just not be fresh in my memory. But... The thing that I always think about um, about this movie that I absolutely love is like is James Franco and like his entire role in this movie. The like love triangle between him, Mary Jane and uh, Peter Parker, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I thought it was just brilliant and how like he like he fucks with Peter to like, like he fucks with Peter to bring down Spider-Man. Um, I think is when superhero movies do that. Like, I think that's when like, it's the best. Mm -hmm. Um, and I remember it just being absolutely that part of the movie being incredible. Um, yeah, well, I was definitely I, one of those people that did not care for this movie when it first came out, but I think there are a mm-hmm. lot of people who are coming around today. 
<laughs> I think this movie, the third, this installment of this trilogy, has some of the most emotional moments throughout the entire trilogy. Like, there's the thing with the Sandman and his daughter that, like, literally almost makes me choke up in the movie. And then there's the whole thing between how it ends with uh, Harry and Peter that is also like, oh, man, that was really good emotional payoff. But, like, it's it just blows my mind that that's tucked away in this fucking weird ass <laughs> take <laughs> on a movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm going to have to rewatch it because... Um, because uh, I'm almost the just opposite of you. I I remember watching it and all the Sandman stuff just didn't work. And I, I really hated how, like, he was, like, the person who actually killed uh, Ben Parker. <laughs> yeah. And they, like, kind of oh, wrecked yeah. on that. And it was just kind of like, ooh, that oh, it, takes away a lot. It does. It does. But, I mean, outside of that moment... I think he's a really good character in the movie. But yeah, the whole that retcon is is terrible. Mm. You know what else I would do if I had a billion dollars? Yes. Spider-Man 4. <laughs> yes! <laughs> oh, now, there you, are... heard, you heard like all the rumors about Spider-Man 4. Because yeah. like, Raimi was going to do it. Yep. Yeah. And it was like John Malkovich as the Vulture. Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. Right? And then, yeah, I think so. Wasn't it Anne Hathaway was going to be like Black his cat, daughter? Probably. Yeah. Maybe. I. <laughs> oh, man. Um, that would have been incredible. So I middle-aged heard... Tobey Maguire playing Spider-Man right now. Oh, I'd love it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So when Spider-Verse came out, there were I saw a lot of different things going around, like having an actual like MCU Spider-Verse thing happen where you get uh, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield back like Dude, in that movie. People like that, are trying to will that into yeah. existence now because Raimi is doing uh, Doctor Strange. I yeah. know. Can you imagine that, if that oh. was the entrance point for that? God. God, that'd be fucking be terrible. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think... Uh, I think Toby in Into the Spider Verse, Toby McGuire was supposed to voice Spider Man at the beginning. Ah, um, oh really? And yeah, that later went to Chris Pine, right? Yeah, Chris Pine. Hmm. Oh. Interesting. Um, which kind of, if you watch that movie, it kind of makes sense because that's where, like, it's not the same character, but that's where like a lot of the allusions to right. Um, the Raimi movies are. Yeah. The mm. fan service to that stuff was perfect in there. Mm. Kind of like Spider-Man. Um, okay. How long? Um, let's just end. Let's, and let's just go around the horn and kind of do some rec- recommendations. Sounds good. Um, mm-hmm. so, uh, I will try to leave this as spoiler free as possible, but I just finished watching uh, the Clone Wars. Uh, this is the like Star Wars spinoff kind of. Uh, it's animated and it takes place. The entire show, all seven seasons, takes place in between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. And. Um, I think the entire show is pretty hit hit and miss, um, in my opinion. But uh, they just made, they just returned to it and made a final season, season seven, and they made it for Disney Plus. And if you are a fan of animation, I think that this season of the Clone Wars is the best three D animation. I've ever seen. It is. They, I mean, I I wonder the budget of this show because they go all out. It is truly just a work of art. And the, there's some fight scenes in this movie where they are in this TV show where they motion capped it. They got like, um, stunt choreographers and like, stunt people to motion capture like fight scenes and yeah it makes the it makes the action in this show just 
like next level. It's quite incredible. I want to touch on that. And I guess they released uh, a little snippet on YouTube. Mm. of They got someone from the first Phantom Menace to come back and do motion capture for his character. I don't know if you want me to say who it is. Yeah, I, I don't think that's really a spoiler because that character has been back for quite a ben, while. Yeah. But yeah. it's it's Darth Maul. Yeah. And, and they got he, Ray Park to come yeah. back and do his animations for it. It's so awesome. <laughs> yeah, you can find that like behind the scenes video on on YouTube and he's still got it. Like yeah. they show him like spinning around just that pole uh and it's like I don't that, know how old he is, but he's incredible. That dude is one of the most committed, like, guys to attend cons and stuff. Oh, yeah. He, like, he shows up at freaking all of them. And I always see videos of him just like, he always has a bow staff that he's like doing crazy <laughs> shit to, you know, replicate yeah. his dual lightsaber shit. Mm. Man, that dude is awesome. Yeah, he I, is. I think he's still does stunt work too or yeah. like he does choreography like he mm-hmm. hasn't stopped working yeah um it's pretty incredible so here's a question for you i have tried to get into the clone wars tv show and like i even like tried to follow like a watch list because not all of mm-hmm. the episodes in the earlier seasons are in chronological order so i tried to even like watch them in chronological order jumping around and i just found myself like really feeling more like it was an assignment than it was something yep. I enjoyed. Do were, do you think I could just jump in on se- season seven and have any fucking clue what's going on? Yes, uh, I think you can. Um, so, so the way, the thing that I don't like about this show and it's the same way for this new season is they kind of, the show is told through vignettes. Mm-hmm. So like, there will be three episodes that are like one arc and it's about like uh, one character. So sometimes it's cool where it's like, it's about Obi-Wan and you're like, all right, this is a character that I love and I'm going to watch and enjoy this, these three episodes. Mm -hmm. But then like the next three episodes are about like a clone trooper and they're not really a big character. And I know some people like that, but I found myself just being like, uh, all right, how long is this arc? Four episodes. All right, I'm just going to skip it yeah. and just go to the next one. And you, the way they tell the, the story is, or the way, um, how they do it that way is, I think it opens up to them telling a lot of great stories. But then on the other side, it's, a lot of just boring stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, this new season is the same way. Um, it's eight episodes. I think it's eight episodes. And then there's three story arcs. And, um, uh, I think you'll kind of get lost. If you don't know anything about it, you might be a little lost, but, I don't think you'd be you won't be too lost. Um, yeah, I'm, because... I'm thinking about going through and watching kind of kind of some like pivotal episodes in previous seasons mm-hmm. because apparently there's a bunch of shit that's gonna plug into the Mandalorian, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is uh, so I, I think that you sh- you should just jump in and watch the final season. Okay, because. I mean, if the rumors are true, I feel like that's going to be most of that will set up most of this stuff for the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say the second reason that I think you should watch this most recent season, and this is kind of spoilery, but I think it's vague enough that it won't ruin it for you. Um, the final three, I think the final three episodes of this season run concurrently with revenge of the Sith. Hmm. So it's happening while the movie is happening and they, so they reference a lot of things. 
that happen in the movie. And then there's even a scene that is completely, they completely redid it through um, one of a new character's perspective. So it's, it's not like a shot for shot, like remake of the scene, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but they just like twist it where they're doing the exact same dialogue, but you're seeing like another side of the scene and it is, it's incredible. The writing in this show is incredible how they just pulled it off. Hmm. Um, It is, I was completely blown away by it and I think it's worth, it's just, it's worth anyone's time. That's awesome. I want to check that out real Hmm. quick on that. Did you see who, uh, the Mandalorian was thinking about casting for Ahsoka. Yes, and what do you I think am, about it? I think I it's pretty cool. That. Yeah. So it's Rosario Dawson. Yeah. Or wait, right? Yeah. Um, yep. And now it's only a rumor. Yeah. So <laughs> who knows where it came from? Um, but uh, yeah, I am all for that. I think she would really like. She would really like bring something really cool to that character. I agree. Hmm. Yeah. That's what a fucking wild, weird few, last few years of star Wars. Like we now have something that started before, like the, the original, the first season of clone wars started before it was even sold to Disney. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's now connecting to live action Star Wars TV shows. Yeah. That's fucking bonkers. Like, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, who would have predicted this timeline? That is so weird. Well, what's wild is the this show started because George Lucas wanted to get into animation. Mm-hmm. And I think around the same time, there was a, there was going to be, uh, he was also going to make a live action TV show um, that completely failed. Uh, like it wasn't like no, it wasn't even made like nothing was shot for it. Yeah. And the Clone Wars was made into a movie first and the movie like bombed hard. Yeah, I remember and that. Mm-hmm. George Lucas being the like millionaire he was, was just like, eh, let's just make it into a TV show then. <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah, seven seasons later, it's become this kind of incredible, incredible thing that. Yeah. Um, probably really drove, like, just kept the excitement for Star Wars up, like, in between the prequels and the Disney era. Yeah, um, I mean, I think there are kids who grew up with Clone Wars as their Star Wars touchstone, you know? Yeah. And then, oh, yeah. The, then the sequel trilogy came out and they just jumped all over it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, very cool. Very cool. Um, I have a recommendation that's a little bit uh, off in a different area of, uh, <laughs> in terms of like rating and appropriateness for children. Uh, I, I've been watching a show on FX on Hulu, um, by, uh, the rapper little Dickie. Um, and the show, the name of the show is Dave. And uh, have you guys ever heard of little Dickie or Dave? Yeah. I've heard, Dave. Of, I've heard and listened to Little Dicky. Okay. Yeah. All right. Little Dicky is a, he's a comedic rapper and I've seen his videos for several years now. He's puts out, he doesn't put out a lot of frequent music, but every time one of his music videos drops, it's like a stop everything you're doing and watch it. Cause they're fucking hilarious. Um, he, he's like, he's a very good rapper, but like you can tell that this show is kind of his response to everyone pigeonholing him as like a comedic rapper. And he wants to Mm. be known as a rapper. And the story, the, the show is called Dave because that's his real name. And, um, it's about him. It's basically a kind of autobiographical, but fictionalized version of his career. And, Man, it is one of the funniest fucking shows I've seen in a long time. And it really surprised me because I, when I was 
first like trying to figure out if we would watch this show we just don't have enough a lot of time to watch much anymore and I saw the ratings for it and the reviews and they were pretty middling to bad and so I was like oh shit that really sucks like I, I don't know if we're gonna make time to watch this now and we just one day decided to give it a shot and we were just laughing nonstop. this is like it's basically one of those things where if you watch his music videos and you laugh your ass off, you are going to laugh your ass off in this show. And then the show does something fucking incredible and just takes a, a, about episode four, maybe they just fucking gut punch you with real shit. And I, I know I've talked about this before on the show, but like one of my favorite, uh, like, trends in media recently is this story of like a terrible person trying to be a good person like it's the the bojack horseman ification of everything Mm -hmm. and some people like kind of decry that as like everything feeling the same but i think they're just it's just something so relatable for me like i don't think i'm a bad person but you just like if where it's a comedic uh a, a comedic property that is like trying to bring you back down to earth and like make you think about shit at the same time. Right. And so this show absolutely delivers on that. And in a way that I think is very unique, um, there's, uh, there's a whole episode in the middle of the show that focuses on a side character who you thought early on was just going to be comedic relief. And it's basically like, Lil Dicky is basically not in that episode at all. And it's just about this side character's struggles with mental health. And it's like, whoa, where did this come from? And at the same time, it's funny as hell. And this actor, I, I'm going to have to look him up. I don't know his name off the top of my head. But uh, the he's incredible. And I've never seen him on anything else. Um, it's, uh, it's just... I'm so surprised at how little um, how little attention this is getting and how bad the reviews have been. And I mean, they're not been terrible, but it just kind of seems like it sputtered and died. And so I highly recommend it. Um, okay. Uh, he's not even an actor. His name is Gaeta, and he's Dave's real-life onstage hype man. <laughs> And he's oh, fucking wow. incredible. Uh, like, seriously, guys, you, you really uh, just even if you don't like the first one or two episodes, like watch it through until you get to the episode about Gata. Man, wow. it, I, I love this show. I told my wife as soon as we finished the 10th episode, the season finale, I was like, this is one of the only shows I think in about two months I'm going to want to rewatch. I almost oh, never man. do that just because, like I said, we don't have a ton of time, but it's so good, guys. And, and the the primary driver for the main character, uh, Dave, in the show is his relationship with his girlfriend. And it's one of the most, like, sincere and real on-screen, on-screen chemistries I've ever seen. So, yeah, seriously, uh, don't sleep on this one. Check it out. It's on Hulu. Um, their new FX on Hulu stuff that where I think, like, almost all FX shows are now on Hulu. So mm, that's uh, Dave. Noise. Cool. Cool. Yeah, my reco this time uh, is like one of the most recent movies uh, as of recording this podcast to Netflix, and that is Extraction. Uh, It's got Chris Hemsworth in the lead. Um, Now, you'll be (laughs) probably misled by the title in that like, oh, this is just another straight to DVD action movie because it's got that kind of title, which is kind of unfortunate for it because the movie is awesome. Like, (laughs) incredible. (laughs) Have either of you seen it yet? Not yet. I actually do plan to watch it. So... Yeah, don't be put off by the t- the boring title. Like I, the the title is spot on about the movie. It's pretty much just Chris Hemsworth needs to get this like escort a kid out of like India or whatever. So <clears throat> it's it's now as far as like character development and stuff goes, it's not like going to knock it out of the park for you. There's just enough there to hold everything together. And there are some very good character moments in the movie. Um, What's good is like 
Chris Hemsworth just like he's just an Australian guy, so he gets just to use his regular accent, which is just great for him, I'm sure. And then like what's what's cool about it is like it takes place in India and like kind of the it, it revolves around like drug dealers and stuff. And like it's kind of neat seeing stuff put in like that part of the world because you don't typically think of India when you think of like drug dealers and like all of this stuff. So like it's a kind of a, a really cool change of pace. Um, and <laughs> one of my low key favorite things about this movie uh, before I get to like the real cool stuff is that when it's just a bunch of Indian people talking to each other. They speak Indian or they speak um, oh. <laughs> Hindi and stuff. So like that is I love that when movies do that. So like they're not like, oh, well, let me just speak English to you. Like when they're <laughs> in that part of the world, they speak the language that they speak. And like I love that. Like if you're not willing to read a few lines of dialogue, get the hell out of here. Like, come on. <laughs> it's, it just I, th I think it like makes it just wraps that world up so much better. Like it just it makes everything feel more authentic and complete and stuff. Now, the the best part of this movie is the director is actually one of the stunt choreographers for Infinity War. Um, and he, I think it's the first movie he's directed. And also the Russo brothers produced this movie. Now, this being directed by a stuntman, it shows because I kid you not, it's got just as good if not some better like choreography than like John Wick like a lot of people are comparing it to John Wick style of action and stuff like real like high paced like tactical gun fire shooty martial arts kind of stuff um, uh -huh. and it is it's, it's like kicked up to the next level in this one the what I've heard the complaint I've heard about this one is is it feels a little too real whereas like John Wick is kind of more out it's I mean obviously it's kind of realistic action but like you spend suspend your dis disbelief a little bit in John Wick whereas this it's like literally just like a soldier doing this to people so it feels like more brutal but like it's the action in it is incredible like I wasn't sure going into this that I was going to be like ah. I've, you know, Chris Hemsworth's in it. Like it should be pretty cool. I wasn't expecting it to be like this. And I was just like, Oh my God, this is awesome. <laughs> and they have like a sweet, like, I mean, it's not one take, but they have like a 13 minute looks like one take scene in it. Oh, wow. And it's, and it zips like in and out of like around cars and like ends with a sweet knife fight in the street. And it's incredible. So, if you're looking for a just a an awesome action movie, check out Extraction um, on Netflix. Um, I'm also if you'd like to listen to a more in-depth review, um, I'm actually going to be. I've done this um, for the Review Review podcast. Uh, we had a couple of our guests on this last season, uh, Troy to the Max and JT3K. They have their own podcast. We're doing a we did a deep dive um, like last week or something. So you can check it out then uh, on that. Uh, uh, podcast cool very cool nice. oh, yeah. um and that's on netflix right did you say that yep netflix um cool yeah i might have to check that out because uh yeah i think it was i think it's kind of gotten a lot of bad reviews but um a just a, a cool well done action movie is always good oh yeah and like it's I would say for the movies that go straight to Netflix, like I would say that trash heap is pretty large. And this is not in that. Heap. That's not in that heap. I would say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, wow. I, I'm kind of surprised at just Chris, Chris Hemsworth's like career. Um, yeah. it's, uh, I, I watch, um, uh, cabin in the woods quite a oh, bit oh yeah <laughs> and just like to like watch him as thor and then to go back and watch him in that movie as this kind of like pseudo jock who 
gets fucking murdered by <laughs> jumping by, a motorcycle into a wall. <laughs> yes, into an invis- invisible wall. It's incredible. He's such an incredible actor. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, well, it's been a lot of fun. Um, oh, sure has. It's been a lot of fun talking to you guys and talking about movies and all that stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> sure I, has. I've really, really look forward to every episode we've recorded. And yeah, it's gonna be sad to be done, but uh, I think we could all use a break for a little while. And who, who knows what'll happen? Maybe, maybe we'll reunite for a few extra credits episodes here and then. You know. Oh, it. yes. Oh, true. Yeah. Exactly. To quote Dr. Manhattan, in the end, nothing ever ends. Right, guys? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> my